Christians all around the world have known who they believe. They serve God and surrender all to serve Him faithfully. But there are those who water down the truth that they once preached about. How can we stand idly by? We must keep the standard high. Stand strong, stand firm. Represent the cross to all the world. Don't bend, don't break. Stand for what is true and choose to stay. sing this. We sang it during the conference and so we're going to do it. 
All right. Just had to ask Brother Josh if he's ready for that last verse or chorus. Because we, what we do is we added another key change. All right. And so I just want to make sure after that he's ready to go. So if he cracks and sounds terrible. All right. So here we go. city that looks o'er the valley of death and its glory has never been told where the lamb is the light in the midst of the night in that beautiful city of gold where the sun where the sun never sets, never sets and the leaves never fade just forever will shine like the stars in that beautiful city of gold. There will be no more sorrow, pain, sickness, or death, and the saints, they will never grow old. How I long for that city where there never comes a night in that beautiful city of gold. Where the, sun where the sun never sets, never sets and the leaves never fade, and the righteous forever will shine like the stars in that beautiful city of gold. Where the sun, where the sun never, sets, never sets, and the leaves never fade. Forever will shine like the stars in that beautiful city of gold. Where the sun, where the sun never sets, never sets, and the leaves never fade, and the righteous forever will shine like the stars in that beautiful city of gold. In that. Martin's going to come and preach for us, and I don't think he needs an introduction, but if for some chance, some uh, way, you didn't get to hear him already, you're in for a treat. Brother Martin, come preach for us. Amen. Boy, that fired me up. I don't know about you, but uh, I, uh, man, I've enjoyed being here, enjoyed the, uh, the conference, and enjoyed the, uh, just the fellowship, and uh, getting preached at. I love getting preached at. I needed it, and uh, got to hear some uh, uh, four different sessions, and man, it's been uh, it's been a good weekend for me, and uh, good to see you all today, and glad you're here today, and I uh, hope that you're prepared for the service. You say, what do you mean prepared for the service? Boy, you ought to come to church prepared. God, give me something, man. I need something. I, I always go into service whether I'm preaching or not preaching. Lord, give me something. I want something out of it, and uh, I want to I be more of what He wants me to be, amen? And uh, so anyway, I hope you'll get something out of this today. And uh, uh, there's a reason that I asked him to, uh, before I do that, let me introduce my wife. Terry, if you'd stand up, if you would. It's my wife, if you weren't here before and uh, during the, uh, any of the conference, but I uh, thank the Lord for her. 
and uh, we hail from Michigan now. We've been in Kansas for uh, five years. We moved back to Michigan. You say, why'd you move back to Michigan? To get near my kids and grandkids. That's why I moved back to Michigan. And uh, we're within about 10 miles of most all of our family, except for one of our children. And the uh, Lord allowed us to do that. And getting a little bit older, a little bit tireder, a little bit slower. So the uh, Lord allowed us to do that, and I thank Him for it. But uh, I... Uh, I want to preach on something this morning, and I know this is a family conference, and, and, um, but I think uh, you'll understand this is another family that we're going to talk about this morning uh, in, this, in, the, uh, in the message here this morning. I, I hate to say this, but truly it's a subject that's sad to say that I haven't preached on, I don't think, as much as I should have through the years. Now, I've been in evangelism now for going on 26 years now. And uh, yeah, I know I'm an old man. I started when I was old, okay? So, but uh, anyway, 26 years in evangelism, I haven't preached on this as much as I should. It seems like everything else um, takes center stage. And man, we preach on sin and we preach on, uh, you know, the devil and we preach on hell and we preach on all these things. But boy, I tell you, we need to preach on this subject more often. You say, what is it, Brother Martin? I want to preach this morning on heaven. Um, that's why I had them sing the song that I had them sing. Uh, man, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to that city. I'm looking forward to heaven. I don't know about you, but I sure am. And uh, I just want to talk a little bit this morning about that. Grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, if you would. A very familiar little uh, verse here of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're just going to use this as a, the jumping off point here. And uh, we're going to look at a bunch of different Scriptures this morning. But um, the Bible doesn't tell us a ton about heaven. Well, the Bible speaks a lot about hell and speaks a lot about the dangers of it all. But the truth is, there are some things that scriptures give us about heaven. And you say, well, why are you preaching on heaven this morning, Brother Martin? But I'll tell you something. I fear that oftentimes as Christians, we lose sight of the destination. Why do we do what we do? Why do we live the way we live? <laughs> because there's a beautiful city that we're going to get to go to one day. And we're going to get to live with our Savior throughout all of eternity. And man, if you lose sight of the destination, it makes it pretty miserable along the way. We need to keep our eyes and our sight focused on heaven. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it tells us this in verse number 9. But that as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Man, what a powerful verse of Scripture. God loved us enough to allow his son to come and die on a cross for us. But he loved us enough to create a wonderful place for us to go to one day, that place called heaven. And I sure hope you know you're on your way there. If you do, you're going to enjoy the message this morning. If you, if you don't know that you're on your way to heaven, listen, you can know before the morning's over. We'll give you an opportunity to know that for sure. But I hope this will encourage you just a little bit this morning. I want to preach this morning on this thought, seven reasons why I'm looking forward to heaven. Seven reasons why I'm looking forward to heaven. All scripturally based reasons why I'm looking forward to heaven. 
Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. And Lord, I do pray that you would speak to us and challenge us. And more importantly, this morning, God, I beg you that you'd help me to be an encouragement to your people. And thank you for all those that have come to the family conference, the sessions and all. And thank you for the work that was put into it. And, and uh, Lord, but we've still got today. And Lord, we want you to do something. And Father, I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross and you'd be exalted and lifted up today. And God, help us to get refocused maybe this morning. I'm sure there's people that are sitting here today, Lord, that are just overwhelmed with the things of life. And God may be going through deep, dark trial or valley in their life. And God, that are going through struggles and battles and maybe just the busyness of life and just the cares of life have been so overwhelming. But I pray this morning you'd lift our spirits as we refocus on the reason why we live the way we live and why we do what we do. Father, would you help us this morning if there's somebody here that's never been born again, that's not sure that heaven is their destination, Lord, I pray that you would help them to get it settled before it's eternally too late. Lord, speak to hearts, I pray, as only you can through the power and truth of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. First point I want to give you, if you look in Revelation chapter 22, Revelation chapter 22, these are things from the scriptures that we know and understand about heaven and um, We have this description here, and it says in verse number one, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. Verse three says, And there shall be no more curse. Well, what a day that'll be. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And listen to verse 4. They shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. First reason why I'm looking forward to heaven, and every one of us ought to be looking forward to heaven, is we're going to get to see Jesus. We're going to get to see our Savior face to face. Oh, what a wonderful time that's going to be. To be able to see the one who shed his blood for us, the one who died on the cross, the one who came and took our penalty and and gave his life so that we could have life. We're going to get to see him face to face. Man, what a day that's going to be when we get to see him. I I think of the scripture or of the song that was written a number of years ago. And you say, what's that? It's a a song that was written by a lady who from the time that she was Six weeks of age, she was blind. Uh, doctors prescribed something for an infection in her eyes, and uh, as she became, uh, uh, her eyes got cauterized. She was blind. She couldn't see. She never was able to see. She lived to be 90-some years old, never able to see. People think, well, you know, somebody with a handicap such as that, surely they weren't able to accomplish very much in life. Oh, contrary-wise. Uh, this dear lady accomplished so many powerful things in life. She wrote over 9,000 hymns. She wrote over 2,000 poems. She memorized about a third of the Old Testament. Yeah, it was Fanny Crosby. And when you talk about her life, uh, people asked her through the years of her life and even toward the end of her life and said, you know, uh, we bet you, you know, you, you look at your life and you say, boy, I wish I could go back and I wish I could have had my sight so that I could be able to see everything and behold the things of this earth. But she said the opposite. She said, I'm thankful to God that I never was able to see anything here in life. She said, because the very first thing that I'm going to see when I enter heaven is the face of my Savior, 
Jesus face to face. Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? When with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ who died for me. Only faintly now I see him with the darkling veil between, but a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. What rejoicing in his presence when our banished grief and pain, when the crooked ways are straightened and the dark things shall be plain. Face to face, O blissful moment, face to face to see and know, face to face with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who loved me so. Face to face I shall behold Him far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all His glory I shall see Him by and by. Boy, I don't know about you. That stirs my heart and my soul. Man, I'm so looking forward to seeing my Savior face to face. What a powerful uh, moment in time that will be. Uh, I I think of in Revelation chapter um, 11, excuse me, Revelation chapter 19 and uh, uh, verse number uh, 11, it says this, and I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called uh, faithful and true and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. Hey, we're going to be in that crowd. Amen. Clothed in fine linen, white and clean and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of and wrath of almighty God and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written I love this in bold capital letters king of kings and lord of lords amen Boy, what a day that's going to be when we get to see him face to face. Amen. And we get to come back with him and rule and reign with him. Amen. Aren't you excited about that? Don't that thrill your soul that one day you're going to get to see him face to face? Well, I don't know that there's another reason why we ought to be looking forward to heaven any greater than that one right there. You know, I've had people say to me uh, uh, before, you know, when someone passes away or something, they'll say, well, you know, what do you think is going on right now? Somebody that's been saved and born again. I said, I can guarantee you what's going on right now. They're sitting at the feet of Jesus, just relishing in the fact that they get to see the Savior that loved them and died for them. Amen. I don't know about you, but first reason I'm looking forward to heaven is one day I'm going to get to see Jesus. Amen. The second reason, it's the antithesis of that. You say, what do you mean? The devil ain't going to be there. (laughs) Amen. I don't know about you. You say that ain't good English. That's okay. I'm preaching today. Amen. The devil ain't going to be there. Amen. I don't know about you, but I sure am going to be glad for that day. We're not going to have to fight against him. We're not going to have to worry with him. We're not going to have to battle against him anymore, man. He's going to be banished from that place. He'll never, ever step a foot into that wonderful place the Lord's creating for us. Revelation chapter 20 and verse number um, 10 says this, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. You know what that means? He ain't going to be there. Amen. What do you mean? The one that challenged us, the one that beset us, the one that so fought against us, he's going to be cast into the pit where he belongs. And he'll never step a foot into that wonderful place that we get to go to called heaven. 
Boy, I'm sure looking forward to that. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 27, it says this, And there shall in no wise enter into it, speaking about heaven, in the heavenly city, anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. We're assured the devil won't be there. His name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. We're assured that he won't be there. Why? Because John chapter 8 tells us that he's the father of all lies. Amen. He, no lie will be there. No liar's going to be there. No, what are you saying? Hey, the devil ain't going to be there. What a wonderful place it's going to be. We're going to see Jesus face to face. The devil won't be there anymore to fight us and battle us and confront us. Here's the third reason why I'm looking forward to heaven. Look back to uh, Revelation chapter 21 uh, again, if you would, and uh, verse, beginning in verse number one. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Boy, notice verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Amen. Glory to God. What are you saying, Brother Martin? Hey, uh, the third reason why I'm looking forward to sin is because of the things that won't be there anymore. What do you mean? First of all, hey, there'll be no more sin. Amen. Boy, that thing that's fought uh, uh, us, this old nature and who we are, and just all about a, a part of what we are. Hey, the need that every one of us have of a Savior because of the sin in our life. And we're not going to have, sin won't be in heaven. Amen. It's not allowed in there. It won't be a part of it. But more than that, think about what it says here in the scriptures. Man, there'll be no more tears. Amen. I mean, you talk about this life, this life is a life for many people, it's absolutely filled with tears. I mean, it seems like heartache to heartache to heartache to heartache. Can I assure you, if you're a child of God, there's coming a day where you're going to get into a glorious city and there'll not be another tear ever shed again. Amen. Well, what a wonderful day that's going to be. Just like the song that preacher and the dear brother sang there. You know what? There's going to be uh, no more sorrow. There's going to be no more crying there. Uh, what are you saying? Boy, we think about our life. You may be sitting here this morning. You may, what, I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but surely in a crowd this big, there's people that are battling. You're going through heartache. You're going through sorrow. Preacher just preached a funeral yesterday. There's people going through mourning and and. and what's happened when, when a loved one passes on. But the Bible tells us and assures us that when we get to heaven one day, all tears will be wiped away. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more crying. Boy, what a glorious and wonderful day that's going to be. It also says there'll be no more death. Amen. What are you saying, man? We're not, nobody will ever die again. One of the glorious things about heaven, preacher, no more funerals. <laughs> No more funerals. No more going and looking in a casket of someone, a dear loved one, or ain't going to be there anymore. We're going to live forever. Amen. We're going to live eternally. There won't be any death in that wonderful place that we get the opportunity to go to. No sorrow or crying or pain. And surely there's people that 
or in this room here right now that you are just eat up with pain. I know as I get older, <laughs> and I know some of you older folks say, oh, you're just a young pup. You tell me that all the time. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. <laughs> but at 64 years of age, I'm starting to feel it more and more and more, the pain of this old body, this old corruptible body. There's not going to be any of that anymore. And it's hard, Brother Steve, it's hard to fathom what we're going to have one day when we get to heaven. And by the way, not one of us deserve any of it. Amen. We don't deserve any of it, but we got a loving Father that loves us so much. He not only wanted to save us from a devil's hell, but he wanted to give us this wonderful place where we'll get to see Jesus and spend eternity with him. Where, where we'll, uh, we'll be able to be in the presence of uh, a place where there's no devil, a father of all eyes, he won't be there. We're going to be in a place where there's no more sin and no more death and no more tears and no more sorrow and no more crying and no more pain. Oh, this mind can't fathom it, can't even fathom what a glorious, wonderful place that's going to be. Number four, reasons why I'm looking forward to heaven. This might be a little bit carnal, but I'm looking forward to a glorified body. Amen. I just mentioned about pain and things like that, and it's not just because of that. Man, I'm looking forward to a body where it won't sin anymore. Amen. I don't have to battle with those things. I mean, and, and yes, that the, I won't have to go through the aches and the pains and the, and the hardships and things of, of growing older and the, the limitations that we have in this body. Let's look back, if you would, to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and notice what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says this in verse number, beginning in verse number one, it says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from, above, from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked, uh, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought the forth the self same thing as God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that lives in us, that gives us the hope that we have of that eternal life and that glorified body that we're going to have one day. But skip over, if you would, uh, or skip back, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Boy, I love this resurrection chapter. What a powerful chapter of Scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, notice what it says in verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Skip down to verse number 50 there where it says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised 
incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that glorified body. Amen. An incorruptible body, one that's going to live forever, one that won't have to battle sin, that won't have to battle sorrow, won't have to battle pain, one that won't have to fight the fights of this life. You say, why are you preaching on heaven this morning, Brother Martin? Trying to get our eyes reset on the destination. Why do we live the way we live? Because we got a God that loves us so much. I live the way I live because he loved me the way he loved me. Amen. And I want to try to love him the same way. Amen. And he's prepared something awful wonderful for us. We ought to have a hunger and desire to live every day for him, to please him. Fifth reason why. I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm looking forward to seeing those that have gone on before. I'm looking forward to the glad reunion day, the great reunion in the sky that we're going to have. Boy, thank God for it. In Hebrews chapter 12, you can flip there. Hebrews chapter 12, this familiar passage of Scripture. Notice what, again what it says here. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about, with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. What are you saying? This charge, this encouragement to every one of us that we need to just keep our eyes focused and keep our eyes focused on heaven, looking unto Jesus. Amen. Why? There's a great cloud of witnesses that's cheering us on. Amen. The truth is, as we get older, and I know as you're younger, you don't think as much about it, but as you get older, you begin to realize that there are many more family, friends, loved ones on the other side. And it's making heaven, I'm telling you, every time somebody passes away, it makes heaven so much more real. And it, and, and it just makes you look forward to it that much more. Man, it's going to be a glad reunion day one day when we get to heaven and be able to see those that have passed on and gone before us. Surely I'm looking forward to seeing my Savior. But I'm looking forward to seeing my mama too. My mom endured some awful hard things just to try to raise us children. I've shared parts of my testimony when I was here during the revival meeting and how I lived in a very abusive home. My earliest recollections of life were, were holding a pillow over my head trying to drown out the screams of my mom as my dad would beat her and abuse her. I've seen my mom with black eyes and beat up. My father had us so suppressed and beat up. I... I my wife was mentioning this to me again this morning. I, I've said many times, I can only remember, I think, two times that I ever got spanked. Uh, other than that, it was always a fist, and he always beat me with his fist and knocked me down. And uh, Just a very, very, very abusive situation. And I can remember 
Think about his little children. Me and my brother and my two sisters would get together and we would, we would pray that God would keep our dad from coming home because we knew what was going to happen if he came home. And um, many of those nights I would walk by. We had a two-bedroom house. The only reason it was two-bedroom is because my, my dad converted the attic into one big bedroom for all of the children. It was a 800-square-foot home with one bedroom, one, uh, a bathroom, a living room, and a kitchen, and that was it. He converted the upstairs. I, but I can remember their bedroom on the main floor. I would walk past the door sometimes late at night, and my mom would be sitting on the edge of the bed, and she'd have her Bible open. And I'd toddle in there, and I'd say, Mom, what you reading? And she'd say, I'm reading the Bible, son. And uh, she'd say, sit up here, and she'd put me up there on her lap or on the bed beside her, and she'd read the scriptures to me. My mom only had a seventh-grade education. Her mom died when she was 13 years old. And she became mama to four younger siblings in her own home. But she was looking forward to heaven. I'm going to tell you what. My mom would read the scriptures. I tell you, preacher, she had more common sense and more knowledge of scriptures than a lot of theologians today. <laughs> she told me more and taught me just as much as a lot of what I studied when I, went to, when I took college courses and everything. If it wasn't for my mama, I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for my mama, I probably wouldn't be in heaven today wouldn't be able to have the opportunity to go to heaven. What are you saying? I'm sure looking forward to seeing her again. I'm looking forward to seeing her brother. Her brother is named Charlie, my Uncle Charlie. My Uncle Charlie was a preacher. He was one of them old uh, southern leather-lung, wind-sucking preachers. I'm telling you. I mean, when he would preach, he'd suck wind and preach and suck wind and preach. And, but I got saved at a family reunion when uh, when our, my mom's family would get together, there was 11 brothers and sisters. All the kids would get together. All, there, most of them couldn't read. <laughs> they couldn't read music for sure, but they could play instruments like you thought. They were uh, musicians from way back. But they'd get to play in the musical instruments, and then we'd get, get to sing in hymns and songs and everything. And, and uh, boy, you know if there's a, if there's a, a preacher around and that, that starts happening, somebody's going to start testifying or preaching or something. And my uncle got up and started preaching that night, and he preached on Isaiah 40, 31. I can still remember. We crowded as many people as we could into Grandpa's little shack of a house there, the Smoky Mountains in North Carolina. And uh, there was people standing outside. It reminds you of the book of Acts. So there's people standing outside looking in and listening and all that. And boy, my uncle got to preaching and uh, preaching Isaiah 40, uh, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And all I can remember, I don't remember what I prayed. I don't remember any specific prayer. I, all I remembered was, man, I knew I was a sinner I was going to hell. Jesus came to save me, and I wanted to trust him. That's all I remember. And they put a little uh, wooden chair in the middle of the room of, the, of Grandpa's uh, a living room. That was the altar that night. And I knelt at that little altar, and I prayed and trusted Christ as my Savior. Man, I tell you, I thank my uncle so many times after that. Thank you, Uncle Charlie, for just getting up and preaching. Because God convicted this little sinner that I needed a Savior. And I'm going to go to heaven one day because you did that. When I felt the call of God in my life to go into evangelism, I was older. One of the first people I counseled with, I went to my Uncle Charlie. And my Uncle Charlie gave me the best advice. He said, son, it'll eat you up. 
He said, you'll get to where you won't want to eat, drink, sleep, nothing, unless you do what God wants you to do. And he was a prophet. And I've been 26 years at it now, by the grace of God. What are you saying? I'm looking forward to seeing my uncle again. Man, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing my, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. My wife just lost her mother in January, uh, or February, 1st of February. She didn't lose her. She just passed over to the other side. But uh, what a sweet lady, sweet dear lady. And her father, man, I loved her dad. He, uh, he was one of those quiet people that when he spoke, you listened. Didn't speak a lot, but when he did, you listened. When we made the decision to go into ministry, we had family members, friends, told me, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. You're 38 years old. you got five little children from 13 down to the age of three. How are you going to take care of them? How are you going to feed them? And I'd say, it's God. God's the one who's called me to do this. God's the one who provides. And he has every step of the way. Amen. But uh, so many people, but her daddy... He was so thankful. He was so proud. He said, you all are going to do great. God's going to meet your need. God's going to care for you. I, I didn't have a better prayer warrior until he died than my father-in-law. I'm sure looking forward to seeing him. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to seeing the other host that we read about in the scriptures. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Amen. I'm looking forward to seeing Moses. Amen. I'm looking forward to seeing David. Maybe we'll get to see a sling when we get up. I don't know. Man, I'm looking forward to seeing the Apostle Paul and, and even Peter. Amen. Why? Because I relate to him sticking my foot in my mouth so much. Amen. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all those people. It's going to be a wonderful place. Hey, I'm looking forward to seeing the people that by God's grace and his mercy, he's allowed me to lead to him. Amen. People that have been saved, that have passed on and gone to the other side. Hey, I'm looking forward to seeing those that I may not even know are going to be there, but had an opportunity to witness to them. But what a great thing that's going to be. I, I got to tell you one quick story here. I, I, was, uh, I was in the ministry for about five or six years, and I, I, was, a, I was a firefighter. I know, don't, don't kill me for this. I was a firefighter in Ann Arbor, Michigan, okay? That's where I was born and raised, all right? And uh, anyway, uh, uh, 15 years in the fire department there, and uh, I went into the ministry, started preaching. About five years later, I'm preaching over in, uh, in northwest Ohio, over by Defiance area over there, and um, I get done preaching, and there was some visitors that come to the little service there, and a lady walks up to me, and I, I, they had promoted that I was going to be there, this evangelist that was a firefighter and all that. So this older lady comes up to me, and she says, uh, now, Brother Martin, I, and you, were in the, you were a firefighter, and she said, yes, and you were a firefighter in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I said, yes. She said, I bet you knew my grandson. And I said, well, who is your grandson? And she said, Paul Barnes. And I said, Paul Barnes, yes, I knew Paul Barnes. Paul uh, had bought a farm. He was a tower driver, drove the 100-foot aerial ladder truck. And he was a tower driver. He, uh, he bought this farm, and he would work the farm on our days off. We worked 24-hour shifts. We were 24 hours on, 48 hours off. And during the summertime, we did pickles. And during the uh, fall, we did pumpkins. And I worked with him. That was my other job. I worked this other job with him. And man, Paul was a great guy, super good guy. I mean, friendliest guy you'd ever meet in the world. Well, give you the shirt off his back, even as a stranger. That's just who Paul was. But he was lost. 
And I would witness to Paul, and Paul would always say to me, come on, Danny, you know, I'm a good guy. I said, Paul, I know you're a good guy, but that's not what it's based on. Oh, come on, Danny, you know the Lord's going to let me in. I said, he's not going to let you in if you don't trust Christ. So anyways, we did this a lot through the years, and me and him would be just the two of us together driving pumpkins here or there or whatever. And so anyways, she said, "Uh, did you hear what happened to him? And I said, yes, I did. He had... Being the neighborly type, uh, he had a, an elderly lady that lived next door to him. He was mowing her grass with a tractor, and it, there was, a, there was a, a steep grade there, and the tractor flipped, and he fell out, and it rolled on top of him and killed him. And I said, ma'am, I did. I, I, I'm so sorry to hear about that. And she said, I wish you could have been at the funeral. And I said, I wish I could have been there too. And then she said this. She said, it was so sweet. And when she said that, Josh, I, I'm thinking to myself, so sweet. And I just kind of gave one of those kind of gazes, and she recognized right away. And she said, oh, I bet you didn't hear. And I said, hear what? She said, Paul got saved about six months before he died. <laughs> Man, it sent shivers down my spine. I almost started weeping. I'm thinking, glory to God. I'm going to get to see Paul in heaven one day. You said, you didn't lead him to Christ. Don't matter. I just tried to witness to him. Hey, it don't matter who wins him to the Lord. Hey, it's all God that does it, but I'm going to get to see him again one day. Amen. We should not want anybody to die and go to hell. Amen. What are you saying, Brother Martin? I'm sure looking forward to those that have gone on before. Number six, I'll hurry along here. Why I'm looking forward to going to heaven? It's going to be better than you and I can ever imagine. We can't even fathom what it's going to be like. Flip back, if you would, one other passage, a light passage to 1 Corinthians 2, but look at Isaiah chapter 64. Man, what a place it's going to be. What a day that'll be. Isaiah Chapter 64, and notice what it says here in verse number 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. But what a glorious verse of Scripture. We can't even fathom, comprehend, even think of everything it's going to be. It's going to be so much better than what we can even fathom and imagine in our own minds. You say, why didn't God tell us about it in Scripture? Because it's like uh, Christmas. How many of you like Christmas? How many of you like Santa Claus? That's okay. You can raise your hand. Amen. Oh, Brother Hiles used to say, I don't care what nobody says. I love Santa Claus. <laughs> it's like Christmas morning, man. <laughs> you go down there, and as a kid especially, boy, the gifts under the tree or whatever, and you're thinking, wow, look at this, man. This is going to be something, and you start tearing in the gift. You know, that's what God wanted it to be for us. What do you mean? When we get to heaven, it's going to be so far beyond what we can even fathom and comprehend. Boy, I'm sure looking forward to it. Let me say, lastly, number seven, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, if you would. Familiar passage of Scripture, especially at funeral time. But the seventh reason why I'm looking forward to heaven, because it's going to be eternal. It's never going to end. Man, what a glorious thought. 
In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we read this at funerals. I was just talking to a preacher about this last night, and I said, you know, sometimes we, we look at funerals in such a negative, negative, negative form. We read the, the scripture, and the scripture becomes a negative scripture to us. It shouldn't be that way. Man, this ought to be what rejoices our heart. When someone passes that's saved, that's born again, hey, all they've done is they've just changed residence, man. They've just changed their address. Amen. It says in verse number, if we re- begin reading in verse number 15, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. It says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. By the way, that's the group that my wife tells me we're going to be in. I hope so too. Amen. Go by the upper taker. Amen. It says, uh, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And the last part of this, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Man, we get there. It's eternal. Amen. Never going to end. Never going to be over with. Man, what a wonderful place it's going to be. Tells us in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 and uh, verse number 4. Let me just read this verse to you here. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. By the way, Revelation chapter 10, this is, a, this is another reason uh, it, it, we ought to be looking forward to it. Revelation chapter 10, verse 4 to 6, the, the angel said that there would be no more time. Everything we do is based on time. There'll be no more time there. Uh, there'll be no more clocks. No more need for a clock. Some of y'all are going to be thrilled to death because that means you're never going to be late again. Amen. <laughs> but no more time. It'll all be washed away. So many other things that we could say. You all have your own list about why you're looking forward to heaven. There's surely many other, many other reasons that I don't have time to mention all of them. I, one other reason is why I'm... I'm looking forward to heaven because it's when my faith's going to be sight. It's when what I've lived and what I've believed will become a reality. And for each and every one of us, we all sure ought to be looking forward to that. Hey, I'm looking forward to it because it's going to be my opportunity to really, truly give honor and glory to praise to the one who died for me. To give back to him any crowns that I may have from this life trying to live and to serve him. What are you saying this morning, Brother Martin? I'm just trying to get us to refocus. Man, we teach, we talk, we preach a lot on sin and hell and a lot of things that may we look at as just absolute negatives. But I'm going to tell you what, there's a great positive for every one of us that sit here today if you're born again. And that is that there's a place called heaven and we're going to get to spend eternity there one day. Man, I hope you know that you're saved and born again, a child of God. I hope you know you're going there. You say, what kind of altar call could we have for something like this, Brother Martin? Boy, no greater altar call than maybe just come to the altar and say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you for heaven. Thank you for what you've prepared for me. Thank you for, keep, help me to keep my focus on that. Maybe an altar call for, Lord, heaven's real. Why don't I live like that? Help me to be a better witness. Help me to be a better soul winner and tell people about it so that they can go there too. Or if you sit here today and you say, I don't know if heaven's my home or not. 
This is your altar call. This is your time to come and trust Jesus Christ so that you can know when you leave here today, that's your destination. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here today and to speak just a few moments to your dear people. And Lord, I thank you for the attentiveness. And and Lord, I, I just want to say thank you so much, Father, for heaven. God, thank you. We are so undeserving. What a father you are. God, thank you. Help me to keep my focus on it. Help each and every one of us too. Lord, help us maybe to spend some time at the altar just thanking you, praising you, lifting you up. And then, Lord, I pray if there's somebody here that's lost, would you help them get saved today, please, Lord? Help us to maybe make a decision about being a better soul winner. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask the question, how many of you say, Brother Martin, I know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I can take you to a time and a place where I trusted Christ. I know I'm on my way to heaven. Would you slip your hand up as a testimony of the Lord? That's me, Brother Martin. I know that for sure. No doubts about that. I see your hands. You can put your hands down. That wasn't everybody's hand. Listen, if you're not sure that you're on your way to heaven, friend, there is nothing greater in all the world than to have the assurance, according to God's word, that you're, gonna, you're a child of God and you're going to be in heaven one day. If you'd say, Brother Martin, I'm not sure about that, but I want to know, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up so I can pray for you? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Would you slip it up so I can see that hand? Anybody else? Raise yours with this one who's raised their hand. Brother Martin, I'm not sure about that. I see your hand. I appreciate your honesty. Anybody else? Brother Martin, I'm not sure about that, but I sure want to know that. Listen, this is the greatest thing in all the world to get that settled in your life. I'm going to pray for you two here in just a moment. Let's stand to our feet with heads bowed and eyes closed. Now, Father, I pray for the two people that raised their hand, not sure that heaven's going to be their home. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to step out. I'm praying for them, but they have to step out and give us the opportunity to share the truth with them. Lord, would you, would you help them to come and help us to give them the truth and help them to have that assurance before they leave today? I, I pray for those across the crowd, Lord, that maybe just need to come to an altar, maybe need to make a decision about being a better witness or, or just thanking you. Lord, help us to do whatever you want us to do this morning. I just want to thank you for heaven. Please accomplish what only you can in the altar time, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. Musician begins to play. If God spoke to your heart, why don't